What up, what up, what up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Kermac Video Podcast. Today I'll be airing Monster Cody. Scott. This is part three featuring OG Cutes, Magnificent Seven, West Side Crip. My name is OG Cutes, Magnificent Seven, West Side Crip. sitting with? I'm sitting with my uh, cousin, my best friend, my Conrad, Monster Cody. How far y'all go back? Well, to basically childhood. Monster's family moved around the corner from my family uh, in the early 70s. And uh, I watched him basically grow up for the short periods and sprees that I was on the street coming in and out of camp and why uh, Monster so, always been the type of a guy that uh, I appreciated being around. I hung with his his uh, big brother. I knew his whole family, his mom. I could be in his house. I could go in the backyard. We had that kind of family situation. It was uh, no boundaries. In the words of Doe Eyes, you knew him before he was monster. Uh, most definitely. So, what you want to talk about, Cutes? Today, I want to I want to touch on the first thing I want to touch on is being effective in the community in a positive way. And as we all know, when I got out the joint after serving 32 years and four months, I came out here with a mission you know, to not forget my brothers and sisters that are still incarcerated and still locked away. And it would be, you know, unrighteous for me to have acquired my freedom and be out here and forget about them and their misery. And so today, I would like for everyone to know, in order for me to be effective out here in the community and put down gun violence and promote head-up fighting if all else fails. I would rather win-win when there's no violence at all. That's my dream. But I know that youth is going to interact, and I know sometimes conflicts arise. But what I do stress against is shooting, you know, a youth by another youth shooting. And it's just not right. And it doesn't make any sense. And I'm not being a hypocrite because I once prescribed to that way of life and those means of resolving a conflict, which was self and counterproductive and self-destructive. And I've matured and I know better today and I survived. So it would be only right for me to come back into the community and promote peace and well-being for our loved ones. But in order for me to be effective in my mission and in the mission of other brothers who I've associated with out here, I need help. 
And as you know, the East Coast and the F-13, they had already started their mission of peace. And I'm talking about crossing the racial boundaries. And as you know that I did all my time in the general population, meaning that I didn't PC up. I did all my time in the hole or on the main line and being able to go out to the yard and be around other gangsters and other brothers who are out there. That means ABs, Mexican Mafia, uh, BGFs, anything that was under paperwork, that was on the main line or in the hole, I was able to go around all of these guys and survive around these guys. So in saying that, I'm pushing for the board of prison terms and, and Governor uh, Newsom, I'm pushing for him to look into why we are not letting people parole who are up under paperwork. Those are the people that would help me the most out here to curve this youth violence and the shootings. I need reputables. I can't use you if you dropped out. The youth don't <laughs> want me to bring them a dropout into the middle of their gang meeting. And I wouldn't do it anyway, because I don't want to hang around no dropouts myself. So it would only be right to start looking at some of the people who are up under paperwork, who are not getting in trouble, who have clean time, and start considering them for parole and not lock them up and throw the key away. They have families out here, they have children out here. And I'm talking about white people, Mexican people, and any other race, if you got yourself into some type of organization for survival, to survive behind that wall. Only we know how hard it is to survive behind that wall. And whatever means you do to take care of yourself and make it so you could get out of there and come home, those are the choices that you're going to make. And some of us have read constitutions and some of us are up under paperwork. I have never been up under paperwork myself, but I've been involved in crime inside of prison and on the street. And if a man is willing to change his life and do better with his behavior and he's willing to help people, then paperwork shouldn't be an ultimatum. Well, you have to drop out in order for us to give you a date. It doesn't make any sense because if you tell this guy he has to drop out in order for him to receive a date, now you're making a Benedict Arnold. He can't even be trusted. He's going to go and lie on his Conrads and make up a bunch of shit just so he could save his own ass. And the things that he's saying aren't even true, but yet you're willing to believe him. You're willing to believe him because you not only made him drop out, you throw him up under the bus. That's he don't have that. no place to live. He That's has to return that. to that community, yeah. and now he's got a target on yeah. his back. Yeah. It's hey, look, not this. good. Let me tell you though. You know, the whole thing about that is, I just left the joint, right? A couple, couple months ago. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you when you dealing with with with, with, with the Mexicanos, right? When you dealing with Chicano people. When you are dealing with the, the woods, yeah. and when you are dealing with the, the, the northern dudes, right? On with they tip, you are dealing with organized crime. So these dudes are being surveilled by by the fans, by some other crazy shit that they're doing. Whatever they little homies is doing, extortion. All this. So when you start fucking with that, you get contaminated. But with the with, with, with the new Africans over here, 
they lumped all us together with these dudes to make us look like we about organized crime too. But this is the black movement to get free. This ain't no criminal thing. But they still lump us together with them. It's a war called sneak and creep. Everything you just sneak in your shit and just not take them, just look at shit. And put all these motherfuckers. It was the Cold War going But then inside of that big ass war, it's all little idiosyncrasies. It's all little bullshit conflicts, right, that we have. And then it's like, uh, you come to the realization that everybody fighting for land except us. Land is the basic the basis of freedom. If you ain't got no land, you got nothing. Here's my, here's my concept, bro. Here's what I think. I'm with the whole peace thing. Yes, peace, but not at the expense of turning our young brothers and sisters into African-Americans, into good citizens. To me, that's, that's the brain warp. That's just another coat. And it's the coat of our enemy. To me, I'm anti-state. I'm anti-state. I'm anti so I'm speaking from a revolutionary perspective. I'm saying, I'm down with the A-Trades in the 60s stop shooting at each other. But not at the expense of the eight trades and sixties, then ending up at West Point, going to fight some other oppressed people in another part of the country for America, who never send their sons, but they always send us. That's the problem I had with let's just stop at peace. Yeah, let's stop shooting at each other, but that ain't let's stop and then turn around and beat black Americans, African Americans. I'm voting for Camilla Harris, Bernie <laughs> Sanders. You know, I'm backing up. Now, look, I'm, I'm living the square life. I'm an American. When you go back into that, you're still trapped. And then it's going to be another warp somewhere else where you're going to try to squeeze, squeeze out of just to be yourself. Because in America, you can't be yourself. Because that's, that's there, revolutionary. Is there a politician that you support? Yes. The gun. I only politician I support is the gun. Now, listen, I'm down with gun control. But gun control, where I live at, means hitting your target. To me, it's like this. I just got a different perspective. If you read Franz Fanning's book, Wretched on Earth, or Black Face, White Mask, if you read these two books, especially in tandem, what you'll see is him as a psychiatrist documents the psychology of us killing each other, doing it from an Algerian perspective, because that's where he was sent. He was from Martinique. He got sent to um, Algeria to psychologically assess the Arabs who the French were colonizing, who the Arabs were saying they wanted freedom. France Fanning went over there and started fucking with the people in the grassroots and said, fuck France, became a psychiatric revolutionary and wrote Wretched of the Earth, which became the Black Panther's Bible. And he, he got so deep that most people didn't understand it. But what he's basically saying is this, in order for you to get free, you've been so psychologically fucked up, you have to learn to kill yourself first. That's part of the stage of the development. Your confusion. Your confusion is driven by frustration. Your frustration is that you can't stand up and be a man. Because when we were in society, especially at that time, it was just one man. Here come the man. Where you going? I'm going to the crib. When you get to the crib, you tell your girl, oh, baby. And you call your girl mama? 
But here come the man. You ain't the man. But you hate him calling you boy. But it's a psychological trip that they put on this. It's called colonialism. So when you're stuck in that colonial mentality, bruh, it's just it's like a force multiplier. And so people ain't really trying to break out of that. Cause they don't know how, right? All I'm saying is this. I'm down with peace. I'm really down with revolution. I'm down with peace. Keep your peace. You're going to need it later on. Because trust me, the Americans is stacking. This fit, this shit is going to turn into fucking Sarajevo. Like fucking Bosnia, Herzegovina. It's going to be a fucking cleansing. I'm serious. This shit is cranking up, man. Listen, all I'm saying is this. I have no politician myself. I don't believe in the democratic process. I don't believe that our votes count beyond the governor, the gubernatorial level of, of democratic politics. I don't really believe that this is a democracy because in my studies, uh, democracy is incompatible with capitalism. Capitalism meaning the private ownership of the means of production and distribution. And it seems like it has a monopoly. A trust was said to have been broken up during the Rockefeller era, and yet we see conglomerates uniting every day. What we are in is the last throes of the American empire. Rome is burning. This is what you have to understand. New Africa, as a small nation inside of the belly of the beast, is just one nation. People say the black nation. We say New Africa. There's also the 40% of Mexico that America took, which is called Aslan, Chicano nation. You have the indigenous nations. You have Puerto Rico, you have Guam. They've taken a whole country called Hawaii and turned it into one state of America and called it paradise. And the people who are indigenous to that land can't even afford to live at their own home expense. This is what America does. This is called imperialism. What I'm saying is I'm not an American. I live in America. I was born here. But being born here doesn't make me an American. Malcolm said it. If that's the case, if a cat has kittens in the oven, does that make them biscuits? No. It doesn't matter where the cat has the kittens. The kittens come from a cat. The kittens are cats. Being born here don't make me no American. You have to raise your hand and take an oath. I ain't take no oath. I took an oath for CCO, not USA. I never volunteered for this shit. Not even my ancestors volunteered for this shit. They just signed us up. It's called the 14th Amendment. Remember, the 13th Amendment said this, slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in these United States or any territory subject to its jurisdiction unless one has been duly convicted of a crime. That's the 13th Amendment. That was 1865, the ratification of the Emancipation Proclamation. They said, well, hold up. It's four million of them down there. If we give each four million, 40 acres and a mule under the Sherman Act, uh, number 15 field order all four million of them they may concede and want to say they're their own nation they said we need to come with a new amendment it's called the 14th amendment the rule of just soleil the 14th amendment 1868 says this any person born in america and has a child born in america is a citizen of america they just wrote that shit in they asked four million black people Four million new Africans if we wanted to be citizens. They just said with a pen stroke, 
You're Americans. Not me. Son of a bitch. I'm no American, but I'm not anti-American people. I'm anti-American government. I ain't got no problem with white people, brown people, black people. I don't play colors. I, I'm a nationalist. I'm a revolutionary nationalist. But all that comes from my, my cripping. Trust and believe that. That's the end result. Read Chucky's book. When I, when I was in San Quentin, and Chucky was in San Quentin, and I was CCO and he was Blue Note, everything that we believed in CCO, Chucky didn't believe in. Chucky said that was too much like the Black Panthers. Change your name to Swahili. Speak Swahili. You stop sagging. You stop saying cuz. You got daycares for your kids with other kids and y'all studying black history and shit like that. Tookie didn't even say, man, this is BNCO, Blue Note. You can sag, you can say the N-word, you can still just be yourself. Your name's Snake, your name's Snake. What's up, cuz? And that's cool, but the setting where we were in San Quentin didn't call for that. The homie came out, slow drag from P.J. Watts, came out to negotiate with the Mexican, handcuffed, both of them handcuffed. Mexican come out of his cuff, killed the homie. The homie dressed in some, in, in some house shoes, some, some pajamas, his lokes on, and a t-shirt at night. He gets stabbed to death with his hand by his back. What I'm saying is, fuck looking cool. You gotta be on point, this motherfucker, right? So, so CCO's thing was we was the military. Our thing was the CCO gang got to keep Swahili. Fanyala say malakito PSC cool. He keep a unak when the cool gang got to keep Swahili. I'll fanyala say malakito no no kichwa. Fanyala say malakito. If you can't speak in Swahili, you don't get nothing after six o'clock. If you don't speak in Swahili, sir, you don't get nothing after six o'clock. We had to stop speaking English at six o'clock. Anything after six o'clock on a tier, you had to ask for in Swahili. I need some butter in Wednesday. I need the body, body siagi. I need some butter. If you say, hey, I'm gonna get some that butter over there, man, I'm putting on this bread, man, make a little sandwich. He would just ignore you. Because there ain't no black English on this tier. These is new African revolutionaries. But but my point is, I, I tell I say this, man. Everybody got their own strain. Man, one thing I, I, I don't believe in is authoritarianism. I don't believe it all should be just one way. I used to think like that when I was young. What they say now, we, we didn't have to say that, what they say now. A trade don't bang. We just walk up and shoot you. I'm not finna say all that to you, a trail. I'm not finna get your hood tattooed on me and crossed out. I'm not finna do all that silly shit. I'm not finna put no car signs on me or nothing. I'm finna walk up and blow your brains out. Like, I know you gonna walk up and blow my brains out. Because we loyalists. You gotta be. Look, man, one thing this, about this life like this. You gotta be a loyal friend. You gotta be a loyal enemy. Just like you, like, 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 I'm loyal to my friends. How you doing? What you need, man? Are you all right? Anything I can help you with? I'm loyal to my enemies. I let them know that we enemies. I'm trying to get them every day. How you doing? Look, I'm here to kill you. That's the rules. You, you feel me? Once you 
once you keep it straight with everybody, can't what nobody say, haters or not, kill that, kill that stride. We'll talk. I learned that through longevity, and 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 I I, I never, I, I never really like um, tripped on um, on rumors myself, right? But me myself, when I hit the main line this time, and I talk to some of my little homies, they be like, "Cuz." The homies were saying, cuz, uh, oh, homie, they were saying you're gonna try to recruit us. They said, cuz, stay away from you, cuz, you do politics, cuz, watch out for you, cuz, you're gonna try to have us with knives. And, and then the, the little homies see me though, and they be like, man, you the coolest motherfucker we know. And I'm like, homie, when somebody tells you about somebody else, you only get like 10% of who that person is. You getting 10% of what that person who edited that voice wants you to know. You ain't getting who that person is. You getting what that person wants you to know about that person. You won't get the whole thing to make a, a positive decision. So I was running across a little shit like that. I ran across one little homie. He said, hey, big homie. Uh, the homie said, uh, the homie said, uh, you, you, you might have said too much in your book, cuz. In that, in, that, in, that, in that book, Monster Cody book, in that new book you got. I said, no, first of all, homie, I said, I wrote that book 27 years ago. He said, what? I said, I wrote that book 27 years ago. 1993. Same year Snoop dropped. His, his album, I dropped that book. Fuck, South Central Long Beach is on fire. Rebellion just happened. Everybody was up. Motherfuckers had guns. My homies had just hit the surplus. 60s always had guns. One thing about the 60s, they hustlers. They always, that's one thing about the 60s. They, 60s were more fleshed out gang than us. We, we only knew one thing, and that was just putting work. But the 60s had that, and they had hustle. They had that and hustle. You couldn't take that, so they always had shit. So, my point is, Hey, Q said, Q said, Q said, this motherfucker took the interview in a whole different motherfucking direction. Q said, I know he's going to edit it. Q said, no, Q said, hey, Q's looking at me like, shut up. I'm not tripping. I know you're crazy ass. I ain't tripping. Okay, now let me finish my topic. Okay, where did I leave off at? My bad. I left off at getting the Mexicans in the AB. He's out of jail, yeah, in the BGS. Yeah. I want to talk about food. Okay. So, to be effective out here in the community, and what do I mean by being effective? I mean when, say if there's a gang meeting in East LA at Lincoln Park, and the youngsters are coming together because they're having a shootout with the guys who live across, you know, the track over there, you know, and they don't know how to communicate with each other because they haven't been communicating with each other outside of their violence. So here you have a cooler head that just got out, was under paperwork, could go in there, breathe some common sense into the situation, get a meeting going, get some dialogue going between the groups, become effective, and what do you got? A ceasefire. You don't got to be his best friend. You don't got to go 
and sing Kubaya with him, but a ceasefire, meaning he goes home at night to be with his mom. The other little kid, I'm talking about kids, 14 years old. My little brother, he was 14 years old wow. when he got murdered. Imagine that, a little kid. He wow. still had toys in the room that he played with when he was 10. Wow. So now he's dead. He's wiped off the face of the earth. So when I go home, I look in the room, and I can see some toys that he played with when he was 10. But he's dead now. Why? Because the group of guys that he hung around had took their gang banging with their little, you know, mishaps and arguments to a bloody level. You know, whereas before, just fight it out. Kid go home with a bloody nose. So if I'm going to be effective out here, I, I can't be effective if the Board of Prison terms, if you choosing to only let out people who have dropped out. And I can't use, I can't, I can't use those people. I no, need, no. I need some good reputables that's coming out of the joint who have served over, you know, decades, just like I served over decades. There are men in there, you just let them rot out. And they, they can still have a positive say so, and they have a desire to have a positive say so in the areas where they grew up in. Now that's just one point. The other thing, that's perplexing and it's bothered me is how the young people are dealing with their loss. Okay, everybody has a friend. I mean, you could get a guy who's introverted to the point to where he looks like from, you know, the onset that he doesn't have no friend at all, that he don't have anyone to talk to. But everyone, I believe, when you're going through uh, elementary school, when you get into uh, junior high school, when you're at these levels, someone, you played with someone. And if you ain't feeling good, or something that happened to you in this kid state, you didn't express it in the best way you know how. And sometimes that way is not that good. That's where a adult needs to come in, or a good friend needs to come in and give the kids some constellation. You know, if someone comes to me and they all upset and they asking me for my opinion, if I care about the person and I got true love and concern about their well-being, then if they thought enough to bring their conflict to me, I'm going to give them some positive feedback. Say if I'm a little kid and another little kid comes up to me and say, man, I'm going to shoot up to school tomorrow. I'm going to say, oh, man, don't do that, man. You tripping. You know, don't do that, man. I'm not going to laugh and, and sort of instigate it behind the screen. And then when it happens, I'm one of them kind of dudes who threw the rock, but I hid my hand. And More shots fired. Additional shots fired. It has happened again. The recognizable dispatch audio. They're having a shooting at the high school. Have an officer down, shooter not in custody. And, and that's what we see today. There's people that know when one of their friends are about to blow their top, you know, lose their whole sense of composure and become overwhelmed by the pressures and the stress that they're going through. I lost my father when I was 10 years old. And I know how hard that could be to express the sorrow and the dejection that you get 
from friends and neighbors once you lose a father and you become isolated. If you don't know how to put words, you know, to your emotions, and then you're going through some emotions that you never experienced before at such a high level, you can, it's devastating to a kid. The solution is to talk to someone. The solution is to let someone know that you hurt him. And if the kid, like a kid like myself when I was a kid, I didn't talk to anyone about when I lost my father. I just, you know, held it all in. You know, and that's when it takes a responsible adult to be able to read social and emotional cues within a kid that can see, you know, that he's going through some stuff. He just, you know, his father died. He's 10 years old. His mother's left with five kids to raise. This was my immediate situation. Me and my brother, we all joined gangs. We all became, you know, you know, violent in our own level of violence. You know, we all majority of us, you know, did time in the system, you know, whether whether it was in the juvenile system as myself in the adult system, we all experienced violence, you know, and violence occurred in our family. So I'm letting you know that if there's a kid and he's going to school and he's school age and something's bad's going on in his family, his family's going through a divorce, someone dies in his family or her family. It's up to the, the teacher, the counselor, you know, to look in on this kid, the clergy, whatever it is, the uncles, the relatives, get in there, go in the room, talk to the kid. Don't let the kid isolate. You know, when I'm talking about a kid, I'm talking about young adult, you know, or maybe a teenager or maybe someone who is in grade age, you know, going to grade school, you know, elementary school. That's what I'm talking about. But if we don't make an effort and we just turn a blind eye to these things until something bad happens and then all of a sudden it's in the forefront, you know, there are things going on in young people's lives, in their family life, that needs to be, you know, nurtured. Thing, people need nurturing, people need kindness, people need to be talked to. Kids need, people, adults need to take time to uh, try and understand with some empathy what that kid is going through. If you wish to donate for my hard work, for my travels, and bringing you this content, you can always go to paypal.me slash allhoodpublications or cash app Kev Mac Videos. That's going to do it for this episode of Kev Mac Video Podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in. 
Shout out to the Mackheads and Maniacs for all you new subscribers, for all you people that's listening on podcasts. You can check out the videos on YouTube at KevMac Videos. Thanks once again for listening. Have a good day. I promise this is a real hustle. Real meaning a tough grind. Legitimately bringing you the history. Once again, paypal.me slash allhoodpublications or cash app, Kev Mac Videos.